How you doing, everybody? The Chet Comic Podcast Network. Welcome to Sports Course, a podcast where Chicago sports broadcasting pioneer and a national legal expert get into the legal goings of sports. And now your host, Chet Comic and Lester Munson. Uh, yes, we'll talk about LeBron James. Another uh, topicality, Sports Court. How you doing, everybody? Chet Coppock along with ESPN legal expert Lester Munson, brought to you by the marvelous people at John Coyne's American Taxi, legendary American Taxi, Chicago's premier suburban taxi service for you people in Arlington Heights, Winnetka, anywhere in the Burbs, American Taxi. O'Hare, Midway, wherever you choose to go, it's the only way to go. All right, Lester, uh, uh, this young man over by the sandy shores of uh, Lake Erie, uh, the mistake by the lake, home of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, here is one issue I have with uh, Cleveland about LeBron James. While everybody disses LeBron James and all these merchants are crying poor about the loss of uh, LeBron James, if LeBron James was so valuable to downtown Cleveland, and downtown Cleveland ain't no threat to Beverly Hills. Uh, why weren't these merchants giving LeBron 10% of their action? <laughs> they should have. If they wanted to keep him, they should have made some kind of deal with him. Now, the best one that I've seen is the Cavaliers are selling his jersey for $17.41. $17.41, the Benedict year Benedict Arnold, Arnold was born. <laughs> now, that is an inspired bit of marketing. Uh, they had shirts that were worth nothing, and now people will pay $17.41 as a All protest. right, if you're, uh, if you're David Stern, commissioner of the NBA, and you uh, look at Dan Gilbert's comments about uh, LeBron James, which, to put it mildly, were inflammatory, the uh, suggestion that LeBron did not play all out against uh, the Boston Celtics, if I'm stern, my inclination is to fine him a half million bucks. Then the other part of me says, you know what, I got, uh, I got 30 club owners right now who are furious about LeBron James, about, uh, uh, the scam that was pulled by the players against, uh, the NBA. So, uh, maybe for the sake of my own well-being and to get a good night's sleep, I should just leave well enough alone. I, I like uh, the latter half of that, Chet, where you suggest that these owners are very angry. There is nothing that makes owners more angry than free agency. Owners like to have control of the players. They don't want a player to be able to go out and auction himself to the highest bidder. And the one thing they like even worse, the, the single thing that is even worse than that for an owner is for two or three players to get together. We saw this, you and I are old enough to remember this, 1966, Koufax and Drysdale, mm-hmm. probably the two best pitchers in baseball at the time, decided they would bargain with the Dodgers as a team. Right. The reaction was that these guys are communists who are seeking to destroy the fabric of America. Remember Dick Young, Jimmy Cannon, mm-hmm. and these guys? Oh, sure. They said these guys are pinko, they are evil, and in fact... Uh, uh, any player's goal is free agency. When they get it and they exploit it, it turns the owners into angry, uh, occasionally foolish statements like Gilbert made. I would um, probably shock some people, but I know I'm not going to shock you. When it comes to free agency, I'm all players. I always have been all players. I mean, my feeling is this. You know, uh, a club owner, I mean, you've got some exceptions. Some franchises that are run very, very poorly are losing some dough. But you sure as heck are not going to find the National Football League club. Even a even a team as rotten as the Detroit Lions is losing any money. 
most of your NBA clubs are, uh, are are making money. The bottom line is this: when when free agency is available to the player, I never favor the owner. I always favor the player. You only have two choices: the owner or the player. The money is going to go to one or the other. It's not going to go to the public schools. It's not going to go to welfare. It's not going to go to the Defense Department. It's going to go one place or the other. How can you not side with the player in those circumstances? When you look at the history of owners and players, owners exploited players for generations before the players finally organized their unions and began to get free agency. And even now, it's limited. This was LeBron James' one chance. It took him seven years to get there. Here he is. He has exploited it. He has done what he wanted to do, which is his privilege. So, yeah, I, I'm with you. I, you you got to take the player's side on these things. Kind of funny that uh, Dan Gilbert never mentioned the fact that with uh, LeBron James over a seven-year window, he upped the value of the franchise a mere $200 million. So that Dan Gilbert's investment in the franchise has already uh, gone up an enormous percentage. Every one of these owners, when they buy a team, they pay a very low price. When they sell it, they pay... They receive enormous profits. It's one of the great businesses in the United States. Not only is it a lot of fun to own a team, they're going to make an awful lot of money. Hey, my friend, um, over to uh, baseball. I have a solution for the Chicago Cubs. After uh, a mere 102 years, Lester, I thought about this last night, and this this would solve the entire dilemma. Uh, Crane Kenny, the uh, the president, has to go. Uh, Jim Hendry, uh, general manager, has to go. Uh, Lou Pinella, he basically goes of his own uh, volition. Time has come for the uh, the Cubs to reach back to their past by way of uh, the United Center and the Chicago Blackhawks. The natural guy to hire to be president of the Chicago Cubs to clean up this mess of a ball club with uh, with box office, which is now beginning to uh, to show some cracks. What you do is you hire John McDonough's right-hand man, Senior Vice President of Business Operations, Jay Blunk of the Chicago Blackhawks, and give him total control of the ball club. That's the best idea I've heard. Uh, I am a Cub fan. I know something has to give. Uh, Crane Kenny has added nothing to the mix. Jim Hendry has had his chance. Whatever new ideas he has uh, coming down the pipeline, I'm not interested anymore. He did some very good things there for a while, but I agree. He is through Pinella. As a man of a certain age, I think he's ready to perhaps take life easy during the summertime. Blunk would be a great idea. He knows the Cubs. He knows the Chicago market. He knows baseball. And he's got that positive approach that John McDonough has where somehow he gets everybody to achieve at the highest level they can perform. Right now, uh, year one of the Ricketts administration, with uh, the season about 55-60% complete, a, B, C, D, F, or get lost? On Ricketts, I'm going to give him a B-. minus. Um, <laughs> he, he has performed patiently. He's a man of deliberation. He's going very slowly. He could have come in here and been like a Mark Cuban and fire everybody and start over again the first day. Instead, he gave everybody a chance, and now... Uh, his patience is being rewarded with a season that is going to struggle to stay uh, mediocre. So I'm, uh, yeah, B minus, I would say. I, probably he ought to intervene now to start to get ready for next year. I don't think he will. I think he'll wait until the season is over before he makes any decisive moves. Lester, I'll tell you one thing Ricketts cannot do looking ahead toward uh, 2011. He cannot increase ticket prices. 
Oh, no, no, out of the I question. I mean, that, that would be treasonistic in this town. If anything, uh, if he had a guy like Jay Blunk, they would figure out a way to reduce some ticket prices as a marketing mm-hmm. gimmick, and it would work. Um, no, they can't. The prices have gone up and up and up. Uh, I'm in two season ticket groups. Everybody in my groups was complaining uh, even before the season fell apart. So there's no way uh, prices can go up again. On a percentage basis, how much were your tickets raised this year? I think it was about 16 or 20%, depending on the games. The, the, I'm sorry, a 20% increase to see the Pittsburgh Pirates? That's disgraceful. Yeah. The, and with these different categories of games, it's kind of hard to keep track of the percentages. They, they bump up the premium games, the Cardinals and the White Sox, mm-hmm. and you're willing to pay that, and then they kind of sneak in the back door and bump up the other ones at the same time. But I, I, I think you're absolutely correct. There's no way to increase prices right now. They've got to show something new, something with uh, some chance of success. Because right now, unless you look at the three young guys in the lineup, Castro, Colvin, and Kashner, where's the hope on this team? I I, I don't see it anywhere else. Maybe Giovanni Soto, he's coming around, but that's it. Well, what would the scorecard of Jim Henry look like going back to uh, 03 if he hadn't bought Ramos Ramirez and Lofton to Chicago? Because Pittsburgh... Wanted to unload payroll. If you knock out that deal, what does the scorecard of Jim Hendry really look like? Boy, that's right. Uh, he did manage to get Derek Lee, who had a couple of good years. Ramirez. Um, he had problems with injuries with Kerry Wood, with Mark Pryor. Um, they stuck with Zambrano too long. The, the, there are so many dubious decisions. They vastly outnumber the good moves that he has made at this point. You know, Lester, right now I don't feel like I'm uh, clairvoyant or a genius, but... Uh, uh, I'm not surprised when I um, uh, when I read or see that Carlos Zambrano will not be joining the Cubs after the All-Star break. I had the over-under on this guy rejoining the ball club at about August 15th. That sounds about right. Right now, he's not even working out. He's still under some sort of rehabilitation, psychological treatment. We don't know what that is. We'll probably never know what that is. And there's nothing the Cubs can do under the rules until he is released from those doctors, and then he can start to work out. Then he does a couple of minor league starts, assuming he is still a starting pitcher, and then he comes back. August 15th might be early. My friend uh, Roger Goodell, National Football League, uh, what's going on with a certain uh, prominent executive? Thomas Lewand, the president of the Detroit Lions, a guy who has worked for the Ford family. In Detroit for 16 years, a glutton for punishment. He was there uh, running errands for Matt Millen all those years. Can you imagine? And now he had an alcohol problem. He's working hard trying to stay sober. He has a terrible slip, blows a 2-1, means he was very, very drunk. Um, And now what is Goodell going to do? If this guy was a linebacker and he's caught with a 2-1 and pleads guilty, which Lawand has done, I'm thinking two or three game suspension. What do you do with a team president? How do you suspend the team president? Does he is he barred from the office? What do you do? He is their negotiator. He is their cap guy. Without him in there, the Lions are going to have an even greater struggle than they have already. I mean, it's Goodell has a tough problem here, and he's got the Ford family looking over his shoulder. 
Uh, Lester, that's impossible because the Detroit Lions over the past 30 years have been the U.S. when we dropped the Enola Gay on Tokyo. (laughs) (laughs) The Detroit Lions are a a wonderful team to all of us here in Chicago who are Bears fans. There's no question about it. We are grateful the Lions are in our division. You know, uh, businessman Lester Munson, put on your uh, marketing cap uh, for a moment. The White Sox just absolutely playing over-the-top baseball. Exciting baseball, great front-line pitching, a lot of power from a ball club that uh, many people thought was going to be a punch-and-judy franchise. Won 25 of their last 30. In my opinion, weekend series, Kansas City Royals. No, the Royals are not the Yankees, but they they had three good days for baseball. Friday night, pretty good crowd. But good Lord, when I look at when I look at Sunday, a beautiful Sunday in July, and you're 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 walking into first place, and you've won 24 at that point, 24 of your uh, your last 29, and you only draw 29,000. You're you have issues that go way way beyond the marketing department. There is something very bad there, and when you compare them to the Cubs, who continued to sell 40,000 tickets, even with a, a, a very bad team, playing very badly, mismanaged, um, what is going on with the White Sox? They could not be playing any better. Now that the Twins have struck out on Clyde Lee, I think they have a very good chance to win that division. First place has come after a steady, what, they went 25 out of 30, yeah. something like that, yeah. and... And so this is a team that can play well. Guillen is doing another masterful job as manager. They've got some talent. They've got the pitchers. They can probably make an adjustment here now, get rid of Jenks, bring in maybe one more good arm. Who knows what might happen here? You know, Lester, uh, this is a ball club that, if it does get to the playoffs, and right now I'd, I'd bet my daughter it'll wind up in the playoffs, even with Jake Peavy down, with Gavin Floyd, who's been just tremendous, along with uh, John Danks, Mark Burley. This is the kind of club that could go on a major run in the postseason. They could. They they could be very hot, uh, no question about it. They've got some streaky hitters. They've got the great pitching. They're always going to be in a game. They're always going to be a run or two away. Um, They've got some guys who who can produce a home run when when it's necessary. Uh, But it, it... it is amazing, as you point out, that somehow this team cannot draw. It's like trying to sell baseball in Miami. I, I don't know what it is on the south side. This is a very good baseball team. I'm never going to be a Sox fan, but I would certainly pay to watch these guys play. They are playing great baseball. You know, I thought uh, the Yanks were a lock to wind up with Cliff Lee coming out of Seattle. The fact that the Lee goes to a franchise with no great image self or otherwise, the Texas Rangers. How thrilled do you think club owners are that the Steinbrenner kids got shut out in this deal? I am sure there are some great emails and phone calls flying around. Everybody's happy that the uh, Yankees got stiffed. Whenever you see a headline that the Yankees feel they have been used or that they have been played, that just makes everybody happy. The team you love to hate. we got now the Yankees, we have the Dallas Cowboys, and now, thank goodness, we have the Miami Heat, another team we can love to hate. The late great great Bill Vec, former of the Chicago White Sox, had the greatest line about the New York Yankees I've ever heard. Rooting for the New York Yankees is like rooting for United States Steel. (laughs) (laughs) That is good. That is good. But the White Sox, what's going on there? Uh, they they have good management, they have a great front office, and they can't get people to come to the ballpark. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. You know, it um, it baffles me. 
I don't understand it. I mean, the, the battle cry is, give us a winner and we'll fill the ballpark. Right. Well, right now they're giving you the best team in Major League Baseball, and they aren't filling the ballpark. No, the fans are not showing up. Um, it uh, Maybe now after the All-Star break they'll start to come in. Maybe not. Maybe not. All right. He is Lester Munson, legal analyst, ESPN. I'm Chet Kopic. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back in seven days. And once again, we thank our great friends at uh, American Taxi, John Coyne's American Taxi. Everything they do for the uh, suburban communities, everything they do with uh, involvement. When you ride an American Taxi, you're guaranteed comfort, you're guaranteed safety, you're guaranteed a driver who's going to be polite. We'll catch you next time around right here on Sports Court. So long, everybody.